anyway, that's why they. Uh, uh. Hello, welcome to Pod. I can't be bothered with it today. I really can't be bothered to host a podcast today. Um, Jim Sterling, regardless. Hello, listeners. Hello, welcome <laughs> Jim, to the week. Jim's in a mood cast. today. <laughs> we'll have to. You'll have to bear with us today. Jim's in a mood. I'm in. I'm in one of my. He's in a mood. One of my quirky, beloved moods that everyone loves. Everyone Jim, enjoys. Jim's in a mood, and I'm just like so tired. I just need to sleep forever. I I'm just tired. Yeah. Now I know some people are concerned with Patreon fees and whatnot, but I just want to assure you that even though Laura is really tired and I can't be bothered, the quality of this show will not go down. In do, fact, do, I'm up in quality do, and production. Do do, do. yeah. I'm up in it to make show. it make it worth. The extra money that Patreon wants to we're, take. We're like me. we're a bit like Cheech and Chong. Like the the lazier and crapper we are, the better we are. <laughs> yes, we are exactly like Cheech and Chong, um, right down to the success and fame and fortune and being in um, from Dead Till Dawn. I Cheech my was. my my day today has just like I feel I, I did stuff today. I just feel like I got nothing done. I had one of those days where I woke up Ow. woke up tired, didn't feel like I did anything. Gab's falling off his chair. Yeah, we're he's just, just trashing the place over where he is. We're all just having a miserable time. Uh, I'm having a good time. You, um, do you want to do you want to be the excitable host that powers us through this week then? <laughs> do you want yeah. uh, Gav, Gav. Uh, yeah. let, let's all t- let's all be quiet for like one second, and then Gav, you introduce the show. I'll, mo- do I'll the, motivate the everyone through like that. Um, like the what's the guy Steve from Broad City? Come on, guys, Namaste. Right, I'm ready for for Gavin's version of Podquisition, and I, th- I think that was it. I think I think uh, it was just Come on, guys, Namaste, and then yeah, end podcast. It. Ah, yeah, aren't you going to tell people who we are, Gavin? Oh, yeah. Um, I am joined this week by me. Hi, I'm Gav. <laughs> I'm introducing myself first this week. Um, and there's this other two here. You know them. Uh, uh, who cares about us? Yeah. We're, we're just some people. Jim's um, the grumpy one. Not grumpy one. And Laura's the, the tired one. And that's <sighs> that's... An award-winning podcast formula. Moody, tired, Gav. Gavin. How did we yeah. not win an award at the Game Awards last week? I, with, with content yeah. with content like this? It's Can a really system. <laughs> it's giant. Forget they, it, Gavin. They, it's giant. They should have made a special category called Best Podquisition Episode. Can they we, really like... Can yeah. we have a spin-off podcast starting next week that's just called Moody, Sleepy and Gav? Yes, we can. Mo- and when we win an award for it, I'm going to go... Man, fuck the Webbies, man. Fuck the Webbies. It's bullshit. Uh, do we do we want to talk about that thing that happened? Because cause I kind of want to talk about that while it's there. If we yeah, want to I talk do. about him, I, I think... did a video about him. YouTube said it was unsuitable for most advertisers, which confuses me since the Game Awards <laughs> is one big advertisement. Yeah. So... The Game Awards happened last week, and that like that's where like most of the news of the week came from. Um, so there's this there's this game that was shown off, I think, at, at E3 called A Way Out, and it's that game where you're trying to do a prison break, but it's a co-op game, and like one while one of you's in a cutscene, the other might be on the other half of the screen still doing things. Yeah. Uh, we found out at the so, Game Awards. Sound, by the way, soundtrack done by uh, Sam Hulick, who did the Mass Effect oh. soundtracks. Nice and a, buddy, um, and a buddy of mine So collusion Collusion So this The guy who made this game Was invited to talk At the game awards And the point was Is he was meant to say The release Like the release window For the game And that you can do Two player co-op uh, Online without having To buy a second copy Like if Which one, you should one, if you, Yeah which is If you good. make a fully Co-op focused game Then only one person Should have it yeah, yeah, and that's 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 a good thing. But he didn't actually tell um, us that news at the Game Awards. <laughs> do, do one of you two want to tell us what he actually said instead of, hey, you only need to buy um, one copy of I my think, game I to play co-op? I believe, I, and yeah. I'll put this diplomatically, I believe that he wishes to fornicate a long-running movie award show. Exactly. 
Exactly. And I, I, I think it's high time we got someone in the game industry who's a fucking rock star, who's a, a cross between like Tommy Wiseau and Keith Moon. <laughs> he, he did he did have some oddly Tommy Wiseau like moments in this. So like yeah. this except he's actually good at making movies. Yeah, he, he's actually he has, a well known. <laughs> he has absolutely uh, got the talent to back it up. Yeah. As anyone he, who played brothers two sons will know. Yeah, so this this guy basically comes up and he's like, so you know, like fuck the Oscar. Was it the he's Oscars? Like, fuck the Oscar. Yeah, like, fuck yeah, the Oscars. Fuck the Oscars. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. Okay, it's bullshit. Movies are bullshit. Bullshit. He goes on that rant for a long time. Then he's like, Jeff Keighley tried so hard to get him back on topic. He kept being like, yes, and the game is out. What I like is he asks Jeff if it's okay to swear. After he said "fuck the Oscars," "fuck the yeah. Oscars," it ain't shit. <laughs> can I swear? Like, <laughs> can I swear? Jeff at this point is like he shrugs because he's like, "Well, you've started," and so he thought that gave him permission to flip the bird at the camera. I mean, if like, if I were Jeff was... at that point, I'd have been like, "This is great TV." I mean, it... I I got a screen grab of um, what's his name, uh, Joseph um, um, Joseph Middlefingers. Jo- Joseph Middlefingers. I got a shot of him flipping the bird. Behind him, you see Jeff Keighley. He looks like the devil. He's got his hands together. He's squinting and grinning. He looks like a devil making him do it for attention and ratings. Yeah. Yeah. My my, my favourite part was where Keighley was like, oh, so can we talk about that feature you have to announce? And the guy's like... Yeah, 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 but but no, because this is my time. This is my time. I get to be a star right now. <laughs> That's really uh, what he said. I mean, he was he was taking full credit for everything. He was like, "This yeah. is my game. This is my moment. I'm I'm here up up here being a rock star." Yeah, um, exactly. He said he was on. He said he said it was jet lag. Now I, I've, he, I've, he, he went all like Martin McCunchin up there. He's like, "This is my I've, moment." I've been I've jet lagged before. and behaved the way this man has behaved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not jet lag that I was on. Uh, I've been jet lagged, and I've also been under the effect of various things. And I can tell you which one was more similar <laughs> to how this man was acting. If I went to toddle off to Ladbrokes and place a bet, jet lag or the other. I'd yeah, go with the other. I might be going with with something. Some, I don't know. Something might have been in his system. It, it could be jelly beans for all we know. It he might have just, just been, had too what, many is, jelly beans. It could have just been adrenaline and excitement. I'm sure that's what it most likely was. I'm talking mostly yeah. in jest. I'm not accusing the man of actually taking drugs. I do not need more lawsuits. Um, but yeah, he he came across as. As a man whose whose brain had just unravelled with the sheer excitement of it all, mm-hmm. and it was sort of glorious to it, see. I and love it. We haven't I, even Joseph, mentioned Joseph Farris. I think you're a fucking rock star. It was and I saw a lot of um, I saw a lot of industry people being very grouchy about it. And I know yeah. this is why we don't get taken seriously. And I was like, really? I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I, I think here's, it's fun. here's the thing. Like, I think that's the kind of like a. It's the kind of way to make sure you you don't get invited back to an awards show really? the following year. I would have thought that was something that would make sure he would get invited to every. Honestly, I, if like if, Ricky Gervais hosted Keely, the hosted the Golden Globes yeah. or whatever it was. It, like, a, a well, here's the thing. <laughs> it, it could go either way because a. It could be that Keely sees it as everyone was talking about it. That's great. B. It could be. Mm, you were kind of slagging off EA though who were trying to sell ads to on the award show and things like that like, here's the thing though EA ain't gonna give a shit they already knew because there was that leaked email where they said he might be controversial um, oh I never saw this you know, yeah there was a leaked tell email tell me about like, this Jim they, they had this email like like graphic that was talking about the various key selling points of the game and they were like you know this guy is innovative and, and everything might be and it was just a note might be controversial um they knew what they were getting into letting him up there they knew what he was like uh jeff Keeley. i think here's the thing electronic arts might be worried about having him up again but this is a one-off he's an independent developer and this is being published by ea Jeff Keighley, if he's got any fucking sense, will have him back to promote whatever he's doing after. To promote out Jeff Keighley. Oh, he yeah. Should, he should have just like <laughs> Joseph Farris as the trailer for the Game Awards next year. And let's face it, Farris wasn't the only one like 
shitting on EA that night. It was yeah. the thing to do. But was Possibly it not, was it I'm not lovely sure to he... just see like genuine childlike excitement over the medium from someone? As opposed to kind of it, the fake hype that goes on it, with these It was excitement, and... but equally like, here's the thing. Even if they like EA knew what was coming, like it, it's not a great look to have your game being published by a company and to on a live stream be like I uh, basically be like yeah the company that's publishing my games they keep doing some really shitty things the funny thing is is he was trying to defend DA like that's the funny thing I like, don't know he was he saying was publishers fuck them, up sometimes yeah. as if this was a one off which I don't <laughs> yeah. agree with it's I think his point was EA but the audience uh, was applauding as if good it was... to me about my game I mean he said that as well yeah, yeah he was like you know they, they treated me well and I'm sure they have but I like that he was trying to stick up for them. He let the loot box thing slip out. Must have thought in his head, oh yeah, EA published Battlefront, didn't they? And then sort of tried to backpedal it with publishers fuck up sometimes, but people were still laughing and cheering because all they were hearing were publishers fuck up. So I think you know, his attempt to soften the blow only made it harder. I, I think I just, the entire thing was just beautiful overall. It was like, great. It was, just, yeah. it was com- just beautiful in its way. Coming from a music background and growing up around bands and musicians and stuff like that and having won awards, <laughs> I love that shit. I mean, you've got a genuine Liam Gallagher situation there, you know, and the gaming doesn't have enough of that shit at all in it. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Like there, you know, I, I said this. I, I did the, the, the video that YouTube said was unsuitable for most advertisers. Fucking rock stars, man. We need more um, rock stars. I, I, I mentioned not, those. Not self-proclaimed okay. one, like genuine crazy rock stars, you know? Mm-hmm. No, no, I agree. I mean, there's not enough of them. It's why I've always said that as much as I can't stand the things that come out of his mouth, I'm happy David Cage is around because he's a personality at least. And yeah. And he does try and do interesting things, even if they don't end up all that good. Um, I, I I think we could stand to have more of these characters in the game industry. You know, they, people say, oh, games aren't taken seriously. This is the reason. First of oh. all, taken seriously by who? Yeah, who I'm, is I'm... this mysterious fucking shadow council deciding what and what is good because they have taken it seriously the SJW cabal obviously yeah like who gives a fuck what's taken seriously no one who no one who doesn't take games seriously is going to be watching that in the first place you know who doesn't take games seriously the fucking publishers putting them out otherwise they wouldn't be tearing them to shreds to make more money you want to look at Games being taken seriously. Look at what was done to Shadow of War and Battlefront 2. That's games not being taken fucking seriously. A game developer getting a bit excited on a stage next to Jeff fucking Keighley is not going to make video games suddenly acceptable if he was like, oh, thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be here. And then what would happen? Would President fucking Trump suddenly tweet, I like video games because that man was on stage and gracious? No, I don't think that would fucking happen. Jim just did a He wasn't big watching old it burn. anyway, it wasn't on Fox. Oh. Uh, see, my, my other favourite thing that happened during that, and it's just like, it made me smile so much, and I keep rewatching this little bit of it. Is right at the end where Keely's like, "Right, we're gonna shut. We, we, you need to finish talking so I can show your trailer." And the developers like, "Oh no, we can talk afterwards." And Keely's like, "No, no. we can't talk afterwards." You my don't know how this was like, works. My game We've got a sponsorship coming up next. <laughs> if every critic in the world told me it sucked, I wouldn't believe them. I'd still think it was amazing. <sighs> I love it. Uh, it was so, a good time. Yeah, that's all I really care about from the the game awards. That, like, I heard was... it was good this year, but I didn't. It was the first year I didn't watch it. It was better than previous years. I'll say that much. Um, do, do we want to do Death like a Stranding trailer was something else? Yeah, I cannot all... wait that's... for that. Yeah, this is what I was going to suggest is maybe we do a rundown of some of those like trailers and things while we're here. Um, I'm gonna like try and explain what I remember from that Death Stranding trailer. It looked fantastic. I understand none of what was going on. Um. <laughs> It's the only there thing were... I haven't got around to watching yet. Okay, it's like ten minutes long. Fucking hell, there, there, yeah. there are some men in like hazmat suit type things 
with artificial wombs on their chests, with, like, babies in the artificial on-top-of-the-chest wombs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some, like, monster things are, like, walking around, and I think they they can find you if you're you're moving or if you make a sound. I think they cannot see and they cannot hear, but as far as I can see, they can sense vapours. In your breath. Yeah. I think so that's it's how like, they it, were. It might be if you breathe or something, and that's what yeah. these oily, like, handprints are, is these invisible and creatures a, that are going to grab apparently you. Apparently it's a fate worse than death, because when the guys get captured, they try to kill themselves so that they yeah. don't... Uh... So one of the guys that kills himself, like, before he does so, he rips off this, like, artificial womb on his chest and basically yeah. throws it to Norman Reedus. And then I'm not who, quite who sure. Who is fully clothed, by the yeah, way? Yeah, he's he's fully oh, he's clothed, clothed in this one. In this um, one, can sadly. I just stop you at this juncture? <laughs> yeah. Is this a gameplay trailer? No. Uh, it's it appears all to be in engine, maybe, yeah. but it is not gameplay. There's still no. Okay. All right. Carry on. Yeah. So, uh, Norman Reedus, like the the artificial womb baby, gets thrown to him, and then I think there's an explosion or something, and there's a big crater. And then the baby is inside Norman Reedus's throat. The baby is inside th- Norman Reedus's throat. Yes, I, yeah. giving, Let me like, just... smiling and giving a thumbs up. We get, like, we get cam- a very graphic pan down his open yeah. mouth into his esophagus and possibly even as far as his stomach. And, the and then the, the baby is just having a smile and gives you a yeah. thumbs up like, hey, I'm just chilling in Norman Reedus now. Not in an Nor- artificial womb outside of him, just... Inside in Norman Reedus' body. So Norman like Reedus has a neck baby. Movie, he am he am I a... hearing this right? Norman Reedus has a neck baby. As best I can tell, he has a neck baby. Okay. I'm, and I'm the still trying because, baby... like I said, I ain't seen it yet, so I'm yeah. trying to follow along. The neck baby, like, smiles and gives you a thumbs up, and, like, this neck baby you... seems... He seems to think you're pretty cool. Like, are the you, neck baby you really, thinks you're like, cool. You're, you're... Honestly, because this is the game we're talking about... <laughs> You've said the baby smiles and gives a thumbs up several times. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if you're fucking No, with me. I'm being serious. No, this is genuinely the trailer. And, what? and this is why I love it. I think it's awesome. I have no idea what half of it's about, and I love that because... I, I am going to... Ha- like I said, this was the one thing I haven't got... Rank- I mean, it's ten fucking minutes long. I ain't got ten yeah. minutes, Kojima. Come on. Yeah. Um, I might have to, like... No, you've got ten minutes for this. It's beautifully abstract. I'm going to get around to it. Yeah. I was never not going to watch it, but I didn't watch it in time for this. What I'm probably yeah. going to do is do another video where you I know talk, what, I, like, react to it, but, like... I, I, I want to go in sight unseen. I don't want to see this first and then talk about it. You know what it feels this like amazing. to me? Remember that beginning bit in Metal Gear Solid Five where you've all this crazy shit happening, like the fiery horse and the ships flying around, and yeah, it feels like that the game, right? That kind of stuff that we all hoped would be more of after playing the intro. I just well, that hope actually that, makes. I just me hope feel it's little... not that again, where it's like yeah. teasing a little bit of that and then. No more That's it. it. When you said like it's that the game, like the the original trailers for uh, Phantom Pain made it look like that the game. Well, yeah. Um, here's the thing. Like I'm not expecting this to be not. I, I'm not expecting it not to be weird because the central premise, as best I can tell, is Guillermo del Toro trying to steal a neck baby from Norman Reedus. So like it's gonna have to be a bit strange. Well, I mean it's Kojima. It's gonna be weird i mean there's no but this i mean that's that's this feels a given. next level this this feels more and this feels like if if metal gear was dali this is fucking picasso yeah you know? <laughs> i think i think the big disappointment comes in is after i mean this is why i'm i want to see gameplay is we've had so much weird imagery so much oh this is so you've never seen anything like this before in a game but if that's then married to mm. something we've seen in games hundreds and thousands of times yeah you know, if it's just another fucking shooter or something, yeah. then right. really that's going right, to kind of right now. I've heard it's yeah. supposed to be a stealth action, isn't it? Uh, I've heard personally. I've, se- I've heard that mentioned. Like, what? Just having watched this tone trailer, the impression I get is that like stealth is probably going to be a big deal because mm. seemingly not getting caught by these monsters <laughs> means being undetectable in some way. And here's the thing. If this, let's say this project didn't yet have a name, if they'd been like refusing to tell you the name, I'd have watched this trailer and been like, this is maybe the next Silent Hill. 
because yeah, there's that... something about the way these like monsters you have to not be detected by is going on and the weird imagery where I'm like something feels very silent hillish about this. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. That's that's spot on. I, it feels there's... like everything's abstract but there's probably a metaphor for everything yeah. is a metaphor here, you know. There is Part of me that still thinks that they're gonna do the turnaround and it turns out this is Silent Hills or something. Mm. I, neck baby. Yeah, weird weird neck baby. Neck baby. N- weird neck baby of... give you a thumbs up because it's happy to be inside Norman Reedus's neck. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, that that's the weird death stranding thing that's like I, I just wanna see gameplay. I wanna know what this game is already. I I want to know why Norman Reedus has a neck baby. How does the neck baby affect gameplay? Yeah, I mean, Kojima can only keep doing this for for so long. Like, at this point... The neck baby's probably going to do your Batman detective mode. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I'm excited to see this weird-ass video, but after this... No, I don't want a third weird... uh, Well, it'd be a fourth. I don't want a fourth weird-ass video without actual gameplay. Did we see any Metal Gear gameplay before that came out? Uh, n- yeah, we did. We must have done yeah, it. They so oh, they did. I remember them it. showing it. Yeah, because I remember they were them very proud the of showing and... the the horse shitting in real time. Yeah, oh, and god, the box fucking and the... real real time shit. And the waifus on the box. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so other things that happened at the Game Awards. Uh, we found out the Bayonetta three is coming. It's going to come Ooh. to the Switch. It's another Nintendo exclusive. Nintendo like has that series locked down. Yeah, I mean, let's let, let us just assume that Bayonetta oh, is a Nintendo yeah, series. They, they now. Were, it, there were teases like back in the spring that Bayo three might be happening. Um, Platinum kept uploading Bayonetta clips, but they'd upload the same clip three times in a row, and people were like, "Okay, Bayo three. There were some people who thought, you know, oh, the exclusivity was only for Bayo two, but Nintendo like. The impression I get is that Nintendo were like, no, we're going to throw money at this and keep it with us. Um, the the other thing that comes along move. with that is in February, Bayonetta 1 and 2 are getting Switch ports. Oh, yeah, is... that, that got Ooh. me... Uh, you know pretty... you know what else is getting a Switch port? What's getting a Switch port? Collusion uh, Wasteland 2. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Really? That yeah. that news did elude me. Now, yeah, that, Fargo, I didn't um, see that. Brian Fargo made a tweet last night mm-hmm. with the game on his Switch. Oh, very That's nice. pretty so nice. It, clearly, the, the port is already either done or in the works or something. So See, that oh. another one is one of those games I'd have played a lot more than I did if, if I had it portably. Yeah, like, mm. count, like that's a, I'm sold already. That's a perfect game that. for mobile. That that kind of uh, old school uh, isometric RPG. Yeah. 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 It's the same. Like if if they uh, were to if they were to re-release the original Fallout in a handheld mm. situation, oh, I would so be all imagine about. Fallout, Fallout Two on the Switch. I want that. <laughs> Give me that. Yeah. But I, I I'm excited to see Bayo One and Two coming to Switch. If if only because like Bayo Two was really good and it mm. got played by disappointingly few people because the Wii U didn't really sell great. And it's nice that yeah, it'll have something to, that's it? selling a bit better. You know, might get another lease of life. Um, I mean, I think I'm very it's sh- surprised it, if it doesn't come to the Switch. It speaks tragically oh, it, it's for Bayonetta. For the Switch. Oh. It's, it's been announced for February. Okay. It speaks tragically for Bayonetta that every time a new Bayonetta game comes out, it has to have it has to be released either alongside or after the other games that have been brought over because not enough people saw them to know what the fuck's going on. Which, by the way, doesn't really help because I've played both of them and I still don't know what the fuck's going on. No, you just go along for the ride. Everything is very over the top and and like, oh no, all her clothes are gone and it's hair and now it's a demon and now I'm eating the universe with my hair demon while I'm unclothed. Sure. It's very take it from us, this made sense to somebody somewhere. Yeah. But but it is just a shame that that series every time they, you know, Bayonetta two needed Bayonetta one on the Wii U if I recall correctly, um, and then Bayonetta three is going to need to be preceded by one and two, so that people can actually see that oh holy shit where's this been, forever. But that that being said, like 
it does the message I get from Nintendo, like putting the money behind Bayo 3 again, is presumably like as poorly as the Wii U sold, it m- Bayo 2 must have shifted some units. Or it must it must again. have brought over like some some goodwill for Nintendo people. I mean, obviously Nintendo wants it. Like otherwise they wouldn't have paid for it. Um they they clearly see the potential it has. And with the Switch doing as well as it, it's doing, and with with the Switch leading to some unconventional games becoming big console sellers on it, um, there's never been a better time for Bayonetta. I'll yeah. say that. I say if, if Bayonetta can't succeed on this go-around, then I don't think that series is ever going to yeah, get I think the appeal this is, that people want it to have. This, I think this is the last chance we get at a big numbered Bayonetta game. Yes, I think. Um, yeah, this is well, her, her well. chance to stand. Yeah. And, and, yeah. I, I hope so too. Because it's a cool ass game. Yeah, it's it's so weird to think that the character of Bayonetta is now a Nintendo character. <laughs> that is very weird to think about. Yeah, smash all the time, smash, smash all the time, smash. It's all people want to think about. I <laughs> want to see her in Mario Kart, but. Driving like the guy with the long legs in The Simpsons. <laughs> um, other things we had. We got a teaser for the next FromSoft game. Ooh. Oh, yeah. We, we don't know what it is exactly. Uh, there is a very short trailer that has the phrase, Shadows Die Twice. Yeah. Uh, there's also a very short list of games it could be. Yeah. Uh, so I think most people have, have the. Have the des- denizens of Reddit figured it out? Is so, it a reference to something in Bloodborne? Or? So uh, Tenchu seems yeah. to be the biggest uh, Ten- theory. Ten- Tenchu is one of their old games that like was before like modern polished FromSoft. And I remember um, Tenchu. Yeah, the Shadows Die Twice seems to be a phrase from Tenchu, um, and there is some some like sound effects in the background that seem to be sound effects from Tenchu. Initially, people were thinking, is it Bloodborne 2? Purely because it said uh, something dies twice. People were like, oh, it's a sequel to something. Is it a Bloodborne 2? But it seems yeah, I played like Tenchu making... when I was young. Yeah. Couldn't for the life of me get it. This was, I think that was like the first time I'd ever. No, no, no. I'd played Metal Gear, Metal Gear before then. Yeah. But um, I it... found it incomprehensible. It, it was clearly a stealth game, but it was, it, from what I recall, and, you know, we're talking like 20 more. 20 or more years yeah. ago uh, I found it just a clusterfuck what, what I'm basically hoping for is that This isn't a re- like a remake Of the original game or anything This is like a new Tenchu game Because mm-hmm. Tenchu is like it, It's not one of the From Software games that have aged Particularly well But I feel like FromSoft have learnt a lot In the last like 5 to 10 years And I would like to see them basically be like, hey, here's a franchise we have that most people don't know ever existed. Let's take that world and lore and make another, like, polished, Soulsborne-esque game. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, the the Tenchu games have... have um, I mean, Tenchu interested me. You know, I tried playing it, um, but just I couldn't get into it. Uh, but if it's a new Tenchu with... You know, some modern sensibilities thrown in, and more of Fromm's uh, contemporary design sensibilities. Then I'd be all about that. If it yeah. is, I hope that doesn't mean they're not doing Bloodborne too. I, I mean, you know, the existence of one thing isn't the the death of another. Yeah. But I, it, unless for it's them Bethesda. To, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the, for them to take a break from the Soulsborne games entirely and try something. You know, either completely new or an older IP that they haven't touched in a thousand years. Um, I think it's the best move for them is to actually have a game release that isn't a Soulsborne game before they do another Bloodborne or, yeah. or whatever else they to, want to, to do. To give in that people line. time to like a see if they like the other things that they do and b build that appetite back up so that when Bloodborne two gets announced, people lose their freaking minds. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, other things we had at the Game Awards. I think the only other thing that I thought was particularly interesting from there was uh, the developer of Firewatch announced their next game, which is called oh, yeah. In the Valley of Gods. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it looks to be a similar sort of like walk around environments, explore 
get some story, uh, mm. but this time rather than in like a, like a you know North American forest uh, as a park ranger or whatever it was, it would be looking through uh, ruins of pyramids in like Egypt or somewhere. Plus or like, your, yeah, your, archaeological your other, ruins. Plus your other character is an actual NPC who's with you. Yeah, this not, is the not thing. Not a disembodied yeah. voice. This is the thing, like, if this trailer is representative of what the game looks like, the thing that impressed me was, for an indie developer, how good these, like, character models look. So it was some very polished character models in that sort of style. The faces didn't look at all uncanny. Um, So, yeah, I'm hoping that, like, this is actually, rather than just here's your walkie-talkie telling you the story, here's an actual person to walk around with. Yeah. So yeah, that looks quite cool. It's it's not coming for a while, but it looked it looked good in the trailer. Hopefully that's representative maybe. Uh yeah. So after that, there's not really much else in the way of news. They one thing that did Medieval get, There was some news. Oh. Oh no, that was from the PSX. Jim was Oh this, yeah, it was Medieval. Was, no, no, it's all a blur. News. What news was that, Gav? You don't know that song? Oh, come on. I recognise that song and it's annoying me that I can't place where I know it from. (laughs) Sweet home Alabama Oh, I'm coming home to you And stop it there because otherwise copyright gets on us. I'm trying Um. to to highlight, like, put the connections in my brain of of how Sweet Home Alabama It's not video game news. Oh, it's not video game news. Was there actual news about the song Sweet Home Alabama? No, it's it's news no, about it's Alabama. it's about the place, Alabama. Oh, oh, the news that the paedophile didn't get into into government. Yeah, that he just yeah. he he just narrowly didn't get in. Um, but it anyway. is depressing we live in a world where that is like, hooray, people didn't unanimously vote for a paedophile. Yay! Well, the evangelists were praying for Roy Moore. They said they were. I saw their tweet. Some apparently something and like seventy-three percent of white women voted for him, yeah, which is well, like, hmm, well, he was. God he didn't was want lamenting him. yesterday that sodomy is now a right. Uh, I, was like, I don't know, Roy. I feel. I feel like if you're doing sodomy, you aim more for the middle. <laughs> you're gonna have better results aiming straight for the middle there. You just get a bruise on your bum if yeah. you uh, do it the way they want to do it. <laughs> uh, so uh, yes, Medieval got announced at BSX, didn't it? Yes, I I I, I skipped ahead to BSX from DGA no, because that's that... that's that's totally okay. Jim, correct me on something. Didn't mm. this get announced like years ago? Didn't we um, see this footage or like leaked footage of this or something? I think if I pull my mind really, really far back, there was at one point a potentially leaked medieval that never went anywhere. Um, this particular announcement, I believe, is all new. The idea that it's being remastered for PS4, that's a new thing. Uh, uh, okay, if- I'm, just, I'm just pulling this up. I'm going to compare them side by side in a second. Yeah, there was in 2015... A two-second clip of leaked medieval PS4 footage, ah, there we and go. it looks mm, like identical to what we saw at PSX, which is interesting. It's just one of those like it's been annoying me in my head, and I've not looked it up until now because it was just yeah. in my head. Yeah, but yeah missed, that, that must have been really low key. Um, I remember vaguely hearing about leaks, but nothing that really, nothing enough for me to take it all that seriously. But seeing yeah, the announcement, no, no one really. Yeah, yeah. Seeing the announcement in full was very nice. Uh, obviously, I, I, as a kid, was a huge medieval fan. Liked I, both of them. I'm one of those people that don't really know that franchise, uh, other than you're a skeleton who's a knight. Is that right? Yeah, Daniel Fortescue. You were. Uh, you went down in his. Well, Daniel Fortescue went down in history as a brave hero who fought in this climactic battle against an ancient sorcerer. In reality, he got shot in the eye the moment the battle started and died right there, but was buried as a hero. Um, Then the sorcerer comes back, and the real heroes who did all the actual fighting and and dying resurrect Daniel as a chance for him to earn his place as a hero and become part of the Hall of Heroes in the afterlife. 
So you come back as a one-eyed skeleton because his mouth got because uh, his uh, eye, eye got shot out and he lost his lower jaw. And that's it basically. Uh, just a lot of sword swinging and basic puzzle solving. One main problem with medieval is the fact that it, like we were talking about Tenshu, aged terribly. Um, the combat system really is the most bargain basement, swing your swords and just hope you kill them before they kill you sort of thing. Like so Marwind. that's like that, but even sloppier. Um, which is why, you know, even though a remake is not as exciting as a full-blown all-new medieval... As a litmus test to see how medieval works with more modern gameplay concessions, with an, if if they give it an actual combat system with actual combos and you're not just swinging and hoping, um, then that's a good a, a, a good jumping off point for potential new medieval mm. stuff. Um, so again, fingers crossed that it's a a good game, and then b if it is a good game, that it performs well because. I ain't never gonna get another fucking Shadow Hearts, so I will gladly take another Magic Evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think other bits we got, there's a new Soul Calibur 6 is coming. Soul still burns! Soul still burns! It still you, burns, are you, everybody! Are either of you particularly Soul, soul Calibur people? Soul still burns! Um, is that the, the fighter really. with all the nudie women? It's one of the fighters with. Um, Dead or Alive's the one with the proper, you know, Norks bouncing everywhere. Soul, Soul Calibur's got Ivy, though. Soul Calibur is the one where, like, if you picture them, they're all wearing, like, armour that is made of, like, blue crystal and, like, goes off in weird directions. And they're, they're all ridiculously very, like, skimpy. sword ones. And they've all There's got... some skimpiness, oh, but there is, there is yeah, some skimpiness as well. Yeah. yeah. Dead or and Alive is, is more famous for its... Um, Whoa, that's some serious un underboob going on there. Are you looking but, yeah, at Soul Ivy Calibur? especially. <laughs> I, I, Ivy, Ivy wears not so much clothing as just sort of the wish of a clothing. Yeah, I, I, Ivy, Ivy like, looks a, like someone's like um, naughty deviant art of Siri. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like stray threads that aspire to be clothes. Um, but... She's dressed a bit more conservatively than Voldo, to give her credit. <laughs> so, uh, I I have a bit of a history with this series in that the most elaborate like uh, costume I've ever worn to a convention was a full suit of armor based on. I dropped a link in the chat uh, for you both. Soul Calibur Five Siegfried's crystal armor. Oh, I remember that because my I don't play the games myself, but the kid does. So this guy, I remember. Yeah, he did all the, that's all. How have I never seen? I've seen you in the Mass Effect one. I will see uh, if I can find a picture. If you give me two seconds, there's a, I'll, I'll probably put a pop a picture on Twitter before this episode goes up. Yeah, but I just I just found a picture of some Ivy cosplays, so I'm I'm just gonna be over here for a minute. Do do, you, do you make sure your your microphone's muted, Gav, before you do whatever you're planning. <laughs> yeah, before you get up to your filthy. Dog's business. <laughs> Filthy dog's business. That's I what mean, you, I was you're doing. Saying looking, but okay. <laughs> Your mind is in the gutter. Our minds are always in the gutter. Where do, is, has there ever been a time our minds have not been in the gutter? Yeah, like did you think That's there was some point. sort of mass gutter eviction recently? Because my brain ain't moved. It's I just set thought, up a little you know, store and everything tired in the and gutter. Jim's grumpy. Maybe the the there were you know the gutter was a bit you know. No, no, still in the gutter. Nah, my brain is my brain has been in the gutter for most of my life to the point where it now sells gutter trinkets to other brains. <laughs> it's got its own little <laughs> private business uh, in the gutter. So yeah, I I'm excited for more Soul Calibur. Like I, it's as as someone that likes a lot of fighting games, I'm really happy that like in the last like year or two we've seen like oh another numbered release in a lot of these franchises particularly like we've not had a soul caliber for a while so hooray soul caliber 6 but yeah there is me in my big over the top crystalline armor that i had for a costume once it was very elaborate i couldn't really sit it down very well it it was it was awkward as hell to move around in i can't see it i sent it in the scope. Uh... 
Yeah, I'm just it's just opening your Facebook page. Well, oh, we've already we learned today. Oh, yeah, that. I see it. Yeah, cool. We yeah. learned today that Skype doesn't want to show people things. Skype doesn't want to do anything. So, fun story when we started <laughs> yeah. recording this podcast. Like, I put a message in Skype being like, oh, yeah, Jim Gav, here's the topic list. Drop me a message when you're both ready to do the call. Both Jim and Gavin messaged me back to be like, yeah, we're here, we're ready. Skype just didn't show me that. I was just waiting around being like, do do do, Jim and Gavin will turn up soon. And they were waiting for me to start the call because Skype's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. pretty much. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Can't argue with that. Um, so back to the. Was there any other news news? We got Soul Calibur. Hooray. Oh. You're absolutely right, by the way. It's been a long time. So I that's, think yeah, it's a good, good time for it to come back. There's not been much other game news like the day we're recording this i'm excited because the to the moon sequel comes out tomorrow we talked about that the other week Mm -hmm. that's about it really there's just like oh star wars comes out tonight i'll be seeing that tonight like there's there's not really anything going on at the moment oh Uh, yeah social media is now a fucking minefield oh yeah no i i have like turned off my social media i'm going to see that film at midnight because i am just like I don't want it spoiled for me, and I have to use social media for work, so I'm I'm just not going to use social media. Nah. Um, oh, I'll, I'll but, catch it. I'll catch it at some <laughs> point. Uh, we did have some like game stuff to chat about. Gav, you've been playing lots of Torment Tides of Numera. Yes. Tell I us about that. I believe it's Numenera. I don't know how exactly to pronounce it. But... N- Numenera. Numenera. Okay. This is me, um, like, trying to, like, sight-read it, not really knowing... Numenera. Numenera, that does look right. Numenera, yeah. It's uh, a kind of spiritual successor to Planescape Torment, which, of course, in my opinion, had the best writing of any video game ever. And uh, this one, it, it doesn't quite hit the heights of that one, I feel, but it's still really, really a good time, and... It's got loads of lovely philosophical writing and questions and funny bits and great characters and great dialogue. A lot of reading, though. If you don't like reading, you're not going to enjoy this one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well well worth looking at if you like old-school RPGs. Nice. That's been out for a good old while, isn't it? Yeah. It's, well, I remember, I don't know if you guys remember this, but on my old gaming PC... Uh, all Unity games were broken. They would like not stop moving left all the time, and thankfully no. on the on the new PC that's not happening. So mm-hmm. I can catch up with all my Unity games. Well, that's a lot yeah. of them. Yeah. Hooray! <laughs> if there's one thing I like about this game, it makes you think, and uh, I love games that do that. It makes you think about yourself and how you value the world and people in it, and how you how you yeah, think about but... things in the world. Here's the thing, Gav, none of that counts for anything Ooh. because a Swedish man said fuck. Jim yeah, and Gav. True. Jim and Gav are I mean, I couldn't take it seriously because of Joseph Farah's, but I'm still yeah. trying Jim, my Jim, best. Joseph Farah said fuck once. Jim I'm and Gav, you're going to want to hear this news. You're going yeah. to yeah. you're gonna want to hear this news that's happened while we're recording because you're both on Patreon. Uh, Patreon has called off plans to add a service fee to patrons' pledges, a proposed update that angered many users. Uh, we're going to press pause, says uh, CEO Jack Conti. Uh, folks have been adamant about the problems with the new system, and so basically we have to solve those problems first. The company plans to work with creators on a plan that will solve issues at the current payment system, but won't create major new problems in their stead. Right, uh, hang on. So this happened Sorry. like 12 minutes ago. This happened while we were recording. So hooray, Patreon is saved for now, maybe. Um, well, it's not going to save all those patrons I lost. Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, I'm, looking... I'm, I'm, I'm already in tweet, so, in tweet mode, yeah. but, but so there is, I'm still involved. There is an apology about that. So I'm, ju- I'm just getting to the bit about the apology for you, Gav. So this is from yeah. Patreon CEO. Many of you lost patrons and lost income. No apology will make up for that. But nevertheless, I'm sorry. We recognise that we need to be better at involving you all as creators more deeply and earlier in these kinds of decisions and product changes. Additionally, we need to give you a more flexible product and platform to allow you to own the way to run your memberships. I know it will take a long time for us to earn back your trust, but we are utterly devoted to your success in getting you sustainable, reliable income for being a creator." 
So it's basically, yeah, we really did fuck up. Sorry. Sorry, we fucked up. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to ch- I'm just going to respond with be careful for fuck's sake. Yeah. So That's it. it's like, you know what? They at least they cop to what they fucking did. It's like cuz I was going to my initial response was, you know, I'm sure those patrons that everyone lost will come flooding back. But that the sting gets taken out of that when they themselves already fucking admit admit as much. So I'm just like, right, okay, fair you rolled it yeah. back. Be fucking so, careful. Ba- basically, what he's saying in this in this blog post is like, hey, if we try any kind of changes like this again, A, we need to take into account a lot of Patreon users live off of those $1 donations. And by like increasing the price of them by like a third, that, you know, yeah. is a problem. And B, we need to bear in mind that like, we shouldn't be announcing these changes directly to users before we've talked to creators about them. We should have talked to creators before we just went to all the users. Hey, you're going to get charged a third more and the creators haven't told you. Sorry, bye. Uh, the yeah, op- I'm using this to promote this podcast as well. Hooray! Hang on, just tweeting that uh, we are recording while this is happening. So uh, people want to know what we all think. Not that we won't be <laughs> tweeting about it the moment we stop talking yeah. here. Um, so I hope you can see now why in. I was just like, no, I have to stop us. We have yes. to jump on this. Uh, in fact, um, you all keep talking. I'm just going to go tell my family because, you know, Families are affected by this sort of thing. Hooray! So I'll be back in just one second. No worries. Uh, I'll continue reading to you, Gav. Uh, Excerpts from this apology post thing. The overwhelming sentiment was that we overstepped our bounds with the non-negotiable fee. I agree we messed that up. We put ourselves between the creator and their fans and we basically told them how to run their business. And that's not okay. Uh, Yeah. Because because the issue for me with this, it wasn't really for me the money, because I'll survive. The issue was that one dollar tier patrons are people who might not have that much spare money lying around but still want to support someone. Yeah. Like And that the, that's the principle of it. It's so that those people can can feel like they're supporting. And that's the vast, that was being yeah. taken away A from us, but from them. Yeah, like when I was on Patreon, the vast majority of people who were like keeping my Patreon go a Patreon going over those three years were one dollar a month backers who were like, "Yeah, I will throw in a dollar a month. I can mm. I can afford that." All right, uh, with the idea <sighs> that it all adds up and it makes a salary together. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, are you back? Yeah. Jim? So yes, I am back. Yes, I just had to go uh, uh, let people know because. You know, I was like just, I said, like, I was we just were... saying, Jim, for like, I, I would imagine it was saying for you, like for me losing a few hundred dollars, I can survive. But the thing is, the one dollar patrons, they're people who might not have that much money lying around to spare and they get to support us in this way when they maybe can't in other ways. And that fucks them. And that's what pissed me off about this. Yes. More yeah, like on, the thing that broke my heart was someone was principle. like, you know. I don't make that much money, but I believe in the projects I'm supporting and I support five projects, but I have exactly. to drop three. Yeah. I'm like, that's just such a, it's like a, it feels like a sadistic choice yeah. to, and to I had put so, on people. I had so many people apologizing to me that they had to stop. And I was like, don't, you, you have nothing yeah. to apologize. I'm like, for. if anything, just, just don't tell me you're dropping the support you, because I don't need to have yeah. kittens every time I get an email. I know, it, it <laughs> but, goes, but also they've nothing to yeah. apologize for. I mean, no, absolutely yeah. we not. We just appreciate no. people supporting when they could, you know. Yeah, like that. Even like before these changes happened, when I was on Patreon, I had people who would like stop supporting me on Patreon and would apologize, and I'd be like, "No, no, no! I, you don't need to apologize that you had to stop supporting me. I appreciate that you supported me, however, however much for however long, because every like the people that do that are the reason I got to do that as a like be self-employed for three years." I had one guy on Twitter. Sorry, just come back to my talk about the. Uh, us talking about Patreon on Podquisition is like, talk about the fuck the Oscars guy. I'm like, dude, do you not think that was one of the immediate things we would have jumped on? It's like, <laughs> we what, are way ahead of this What is the person. easiest thing to joke about this week? Yeah. It's gonna be fuck the Oscars guy. Yeah. If not I tell you pro, what, even if, if Patreon had reversed baby, the decision... 
Yeah, if Patreon had reversed the decision before we started recording, we probably still would have left, uh, led off with Fuck the Oscars guy, yeah. uh, because Fuck the Oscars guy is amazing. Um, but yeah, I can't really add to the, the Patreon discussion that which hasn't already been yeah. added. It's the, no, I'm, you know, I'm, this was just an inconceivably absurd move. Considering, considering that all three of us on this podcast have at one time or another been Patreon funded... I'm like I'm glad that this news happened. Uh, it would have been better if we hadn't had the fuck up in the first place, but I'm glad that they're you know not afraid to backpedal. Yeah, um, I mean that's it. Like honestly, when Jack Conti said last week that he was collecting thoughts and stuff, I had this feeling because I do genuinely. I said it on the Jimquisition. I I do genuinely think in their absurd, ludicrous minds, and, and what, however they were thinking at the time, they did somehow think this was a good move that everyone would be happy, or at least a lot of people would be happy about. And I don't think they expected this. Um, but unlike uh, some other companies, you know, they, they're not YouTube. They're not a monopoly. They're not... They're not rock solid. They're not an institution. Uh... Other alternative options that people are like. I retweeted Conrad. who said people are probably still looking at alternatives. I know I now have to be wary of of a potential ship to jump to if I have to. Um, you know, some damage has been done here beyond just financial. Someone, someone just the financial is important. Someone just tweeted at me Patreon with the E A in Patreon in capital letters. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a couple of those, and uh. I don't think that was quite it. Like I. You know, I, I I like to think, yeah. and maybe I'm just being naive, I like to think that they, honest, this was them just being very fucking clueless. I, I honestly, really not quite yeah. understanding yeah. why their platform was as appealing as it was. Well, there there are two ways that I can see, see this, and I don't think that they're exclusive. I think there's a bit of both going on, is A, a lack of awareness of how this would affect certain creators who mostly thrive on one dollar backers but like on the the negative perspective like there really is a possibility that this was a move to prioritize big creators because if you look at it like on paper patreon has to expend some money every time that it handles a credit card payment or whatever kind of payment and the bigger a creator is and the more high-value donations they're getting, the lower their overall percentage of their income is being lost to those transactions. And it's hard not to think that maybe part of it was yeah. if we do something that discourages lots of small donations and encourages fewer but larger donations... That is better for Patreon. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there is a potential in that. And I mean, I speak as someone who, of course, you know, thank fuck, um, my Patreon campaign would have survived this had it gone through. You know, I was taking hits, but, you know, the kind of hit that would be devastating to uh, someone else's Patreon was, you know, annoying in mine. Yeah, um, like, I, I know if I'd still been on Patreon, like, at the sort of income I was at when I left... The, looking at the sort of change, like the sort of drop off people were having, this probably would have been a problem for me. Like this would yeah. have caused some issues. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, looking at looking at the, I mean, mine mine was weird because it just resulted in a lot of turnover, a lot of up down up down, like a yo yo. Um, it was just bizarre for a while. Um, but I would, you know, speaking as one of the creators who I guess Patreon wanted to keep around if we mm. go with the idea they were trying to thin out the little ones um which you know it's it's a valid fucking theory i mean one of their people did go on record as saying that they would rather have big stable ones than yeah, a lot of little but, struggling ones but like, and again like they they couch it in this almost like they still somehow think that that's good for everyone. Yeah, it's and they don't quite get it that I I think what really, you know, if that is their motivation that they were, you know, hope they were banking on big creators. I think what fucked them over there was the fact that larger creators and not just I'm not just talking about me being fat. <laughs> all right. Large Patreon campaigns. Uh, I don't think they banked on them being just as pissed off as everybody else <laughs> because 
you know, hooray, not, I get to survive do, do making... Do they not have access to the numbers? Do they not see how many $1 patrons we I think we they have? were... Like, I think they were assuming that a lot of the one dollars would still stick around. Yeah, um, yeah. that the, they were probably they like, were, "Oh, thirty-nine cents isn't that much extra." People will for stay. the ones for the ones contributing to big campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, this this all would have worked out, except for the fact that there is a very close relationship between, uh, in general, between someone who's a creator, someone who's making work for Patreon, and the audience. Uh, that relationship and that trust is why Patreon is a successful platform. And it's why I've had a successful Patreon. Mm. And so even successful Patreon campaigns were furious at this because you're like, wait, you've passed our fees onto our audience? Yeah. Fuck you. And so I got livid. And I'm, you know, I I I could have even benefited from this. Even if, if, this it, even if it had There's been a chance a I could have. So that people could warn their patrons about first and say, if you still want to subscribe, that's your choice. The fact that there was, it was going to be mandatory, I think, was really... Yeah. Really I mean, here's problem. the thing. Here's the thing. Like, someone else said that, like, you know, they could have made it opt-in. But then just ask yourself, who would have opted into that? What? Yeah. Who would have been so... Who would have had such a bout of career suicide as to do that? Like... And then when you ask that question, the next question should logically be, how the hell did Patreon think people wouldn't get upset? Like, even the big ones, even the big Patreon campaigns. How did they not think people who, wouldn't get furious who, at this? Who knows? Um, yeah, like... Like, it's left to us, that's the thing. It's left to me and, you know, everyone else on Patreon to inform our audience as best we can in the language we use that you know not patreon's fucking graphs and shit mm. we we have to communicate to our own specific audience in our own specific way exactly what's going on and and you know we don't want to be saddled with that fucking unpleasantness agreed i mean i'm glad they apologized and i'm glad they've realized they fucked up and i'm glad this happened before it like i've had someone already how is this different from loot boxes you should still really tear them into pieces and it's like look i'm still fucking livid i'm i'm furious this idea was had in the first place it was absolutely but it was bonkers it was moon logic and 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 i'm just I'm stammering as I talk because I get like that when I just, I'm so lost for words at something I look at and I'm just, I cannot believe more than one individual sat down, looked at this and thought, yeah, this will fly. Um, So yeah, but there are, there are differences. I mean, the big relief is they made this, they reversed this before it went into effect. It's not like Battlefront, which launched despite people being pissed off. And then they waited for it to get into the fucking BBC and New York Times and Washington Post before they made any changes to move it. Um, If threats from politicians and the like, at least in this case, it didn't happen. And Patreon just saw that everyone was pissed off and took more time than they should have, but took their hand off the, the kill switch. Um... That is not to say, as I always, you know, say, that a hand hasn't been shown here. Um, we sort of have an eye into some of their ideas now, so Patreon is gonna be suspicious. Um, you know, it, it's glad they did what they did, but yeah, I think anybody with uh, an eye to long-term sustainability, uh, doing work online is probably not going to put all their eggs in the Patreon basket. Yeah. And there's a reason why I still have some series on YouTube that have ads on them that aren't I didn't bring everything onto the Patreon umbrella. Yeah. Cuz unfortunately there's no such thing working online as as stability. I mean there's no such thing as stability in most jobs. Um and, and I've said that my career in particular has always been me just working on the next safety net to land into when what I'm on collapses. Um, not due to my weight. So that's basically what it is. And, and Patreon has reminded me of the the need to keep building safety nets. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's part of why, like, I, 
I was really relieved that I didn't have to panic too much when this was going on myself and being like, oh, I have a salary and things was for once oddly calming. <laughs> um, but yeah, before we before we wrap up, uh, I played one thing this week that I want to give a quick chat about if we've got a couple of minutes. Um, mm-hmm. I played through some of the uh, Champion of the Ballads DLC. A Ballad of the Champions DLC for Breath of the Wild. Because that was one thing that got mentioned at the Game Awards and then came out. Um, so yeah, basically this this is the new sort of quote-unquote story DLC for Breath of the Wild. It doesn't add a whole lot of new story. Um, where a lot of the cutscenes that we got on Breath of the Wild were very sort of doom and gloom, this is how people like sacrificed themselves and spent their last days as the world was ending to try and buy people more time. This gives you a bit more of a look into what were, what were these, these four heroes that helped save the world? What were they like, you know, when they weren't immersed in the world is going to end any minute? And some of the writing was really nice. There was some really nice character development, some really pleasant getting to know these uh, quite endearing characters that like we never really got to get much of a ch- chance to know in the main game. Uh, narrative, like uh, gameplay-wise, there were some really good uh, shrines and a really solid dungeon added. Um, the additional shrines are more difficult than most of the the shrines in the base game, presumably because you have to have defeated the four divine beasts in order to unlock these additional shrines, and as such they can guarantee a certain level of player competency, which means that they can throw more difficult challenges at you there. On top of that, there is also the, the dungeon that is added, is more difficult than any of the Divine Beast dungeons and closer to a traditional Zelda dungeon. In that, mm-hmm. again, in that they can assume a certain level of base knowledge and assume that this is sort of an end game challenge. So. So it's what I was sorely missing from the main game, basically. I, I don't know if it would fully scratch that itch but it's some of what you would have wanted it was one of the many things i was yeah. already missing it's, from the yeah it the it it's one thing that i think you you would enjoy going back to gav i think um sure. basically if you've got a save for the game in which the four divine beasts have been done it'll yeah, unlock yeah. this new quest um I think the first thing it, the first thing it does is like it drops you into an early challenge where it gives you this sort of trident weapon that you can use for a while, which it will one. I.e., use on one enemy, is it? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's it has un- it has no. Uh, it doesn't have durability issues going on, and it has oh, wow. unlimited attack power. But hmm. the catch is, while you're using it, you cannot raise your health above a quarter of a heart. Oh fuck off! So it's, oh fuck right off! So the, so it's the one hit kills. The trade is you can deal one hit kills, but you will get one hit killed. What's the difference? So they turned it into a bullet, it's actually bullet not hell. A, so it's gone from a two hit kill to a one hit kill, basically. The amount of hearts. Why can't they just let me have in that fun? Okay. Unlimited no, fun. Not not all of. That that that's not the whole thing, but it's a thing at the end that I quite enjoyed. How it was basically nah, like, okay, you know I have to go in and plan. I'm alright. To... I'm gonna stick with Assassin's Creed Origins. <laughs> that game lets me use my weapon as long as I want. Yeah. Laura, Laura, just imagine how many people winced there when I preferred Assassin's Creed to Zelda. Imagine how many people that annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I heard in the next DLC they're going to make it so that when it's raining you can climb, but also every time it rains, uh, Link's nipples fall off. Yeah, he actually doesn't have any nipples, does he? Didn't Mario does get him and he doesn't? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, the mystery of Link's nipples. <laughs> yeah. So is that a good place for us to wrap up for this week? I think yeah. so. I think, I think Gav and and up. I'll agree with him on it. Assassin's Creed Origins is a better game. Um. Just imagine how many people are streaming at their their computers right now. <laughs> Fuck you, Gavin Jim. 
god. I don't even really believe it. It's yeah. like at least I finished. I don't um, I'm not gonna say whether it's a better game, but it's certainly a game that I had a lot more fun with. I'll say this. It annoyed me less than Breath of the Wild did, mm. but I got bored more quickly of Assassin's Creed Origins. Yeah, and, was... and and I haven't picked it up. That's funny. For ages. It's the opposite for me because I got bored more quickly with Zelda, but Zelda didn't have, apart from that upside down uh, motion puzzle, had no moments that made me want to put my foot through the monitor. Whereas Assassin's Creed Origins did have a couple of those, like um, moments where like there's those guys who have the smoke bombs and keep stun locking you and disappearing. Anytime I had to fight those, I nearly knocked my fucking monitor off the table. So yeah, at least Zelda didn't have that. That's something. Yeah. Um, okay, yes. This is the good time yeah. The good time to wrap up now. Yeah. Um, I'll get that done right now. Laura, how can people find your work for crying out loud? Uh, you can find my stuff at Laura K. Buzz pretty much anywhere that has a username. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Laura K. Buzz on YouTube, those kind of places. You can also find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. Uh, you can also find me on a bunch of other things. Go check out Dice Funk, which is a D&D actual play podcast, which uh, each season of which is a self-contained story. Season three just wrapped up. So go listen to season three in which I play a tiefling bard who I think is amazing. And I love this character so much. Go listen to this thing and find out about the weird story that I tell through dice with some people. So yeah, go look up Dice Funk. Excellent. And for God's sake, Gavin, how can we listen to your music? You can find all my individual songs on YouTube under Miracle of Sounds with their cool, cool videos. And you can also buy my album, uh, Level 8, which has been the number one seller on Bandcamp for three days now. And that's something that's never happened to me before. So that's fucking amazing. And it's something I did not expect at all after... I thought all of, like, I thought every first day buyer I had had moved to Patreon. <laughs> but apparently mm-hmm. I can have the best of both worlds this year because I took my time to make better songs. So that's awesome. Thanks for that. So go buy the album. It's called Level 8. It's on Bandcamp, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, basically everywhere you can buy music. And uh, yeah, as I discussed last week, it was mastered by a really cool mastering engineer as well. So sounds awesome. Indeed. There you go. I sent you guys a copy of it. Actually, I don't know if you got it. I know. Uh, I did receive it. Yes, I got it because I'm the person that told you that you hadn't actually sent me a link link. to it. Yeah, (laughs) you sent me an empty email that was just like, "Here's the new album." I sent it to like 25 people who who are like friends, and I forgot to put the link in the in the email like a derp. I've I've got the link now. I've not had a chance to listen to it yet because this week has been as uh, as Ilana would say, a doy. Man, I'm, I've been obsessed with that show lately. It's so good. Broad City. Have you ever watched it? Nope. Nah. Go and watch Broad City. It's it, Imagine if, like, yes, every, like, um, vulgar, vile uh, male body comedy was two girls in New York. And that's nice. what it is. It's, it's amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, with that said, Broad City... Um, just another quick reminder that if you are in or can get to the Mississippi area, uh, January 20th is the date that Stardust descends upon Pro Wrestling Ego at the Hideaway in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, come along if you can, because uh, I'm going to be... Sh- I, I, I've been I really shitting hope this myself. gets filmed. I mean, obviously, yeah. yeah. Yes, getting filmed. Um I mean, they, they, they have Body Slam Media. They, they film all their stuff for them. Cool. They got a commentator and everything. Um, and normally we'd be filming it for ourselves as well, but my guy Justin's out for the holidays, so I'm going to have to wait on Body Slam Media for the footage, but yeah. footage will be available. Um, but don't think just because there's video, if you live in Mississippi, that you're getting out of this. Come <laughs> and look at me and my spandex. Me and my tits need support. In more ways than one. <laughs> and that's that. Thank you, as always, for supporting um, this show, uh, however you do. Um, certainly if you've been supporting it on Patreon through these, uh, well, this week, I guess, um, and everything. And we'll see you next week, as always. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.